Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And today I have a very special episode for you. I'm sure you've heard me say in the past, when we're not afraid of death, we are no longer afraid of life. Our guest is Gary Renard, who's opened up my eyes to a new way of living life, teaching the principles of something called a Course in Miracles. Now, it may take me a lifetime to master these principles, but so far I can tell you I have a sense of peace and joy that I have never known before, and I want to thank Gary for this. Gary is the best-selling author of many works, including The Disappearance of the Universe, your immortal reality, and love has forgotten no one. And the audiobook that first introduced me to him is called Secrets of the Immortal. Gary's words are not just amazing to me. Over the past seven years, he has spoken in 43 states, 23 countries, and he has published in 22 languages. Combining a disarming sense of humor with radical, cutting-edge metaphysical information and experiential exercises, Gary has been described as one of the most interesting and courageous spiritual speakers in the world, and he has been awarded the prestigious Infinity Foundation Spirit Award. So I've got goosebumps now as I'm introducing you to one of my heroes, we Don't Die Radio would like to give a warm welcome to Mr. Gary Renard. Hello, Gary. Hey, Sandra. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. Can you live up to that introduction? <laughs> uh, no way. But, uh, I must say it's great to talk to somebody in Massachusetts. That's my old hangout, of course. I lived uh, most of my life in New England before I moved out here uh, to California. And I hear that it may be a little bit colder out there oh, today. Oh, my goodness. Goodness. Yes, we're recording this in February of 2016, and it actually got to negative 33 degrees just the other night, so it's been brutal. Wow. I wow. know. It's in the 80s here today. Oh, and tomorrow it's going to be 50 degrees, so how strange is that? Yeah, it's very strange. Really. So I got a little bit of a cold out of it, so apologize if I'm sniffling or sneezing a little bit. But Gary, okay. I gave that introduction. Yeah, how about you share just a little bit who you are? Because I know your story starts, were you born in Massachusetts or Maine? Or it was definitely this area. Yeah, I was born in uh, Salem, Massachusetts. Oh. And uh, don't read anything into that. Uh, no, I won't. Uh, I, was... <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I actually spent most of my time, uh, my first 40 years, anyway, I spent most of it in Beverly, which is right next to Salem. That's where I was born, Gary. In okay. Beverly. Yes. Well, well, we were born very close to each other. Mm -hmm. uh, they're uh, great places. In fact, uh, I just went back to Salem and Beverly oh, last July uh, to visit and to show my wife Cindy around because she had never been there. Nice. And uh, we had a great time just uh, hanging out and you know showing her my old haunts. And uh, it was a good trip. Yeah, New England's and, a nice uh, place. And I did move uh, to Maine from uh, Massachusetts, so. The last 17 years that I was in New England, I was actually in Maine, mm -hmm. and uh, Maine is even colder, as you know. And uh, <laughs> then about 2007, I moved out here. I'm in uh, L.A., or at least right here, L.A., kind of like uh, close to the ocean, Santa Monica. Very nice. Uh, that area. And it's beautiful. And uh, you know, I've been very, very lucky because... Yeah, I didn't really get on a spiritual path till I was about 27, 28, and it started to unfold. And I would say that it took me about 14 years before I was ready to even approach uh, something like A Course in Miracles. And uh, then if anybody reads my book, The Distress of the Universe, they'll see that I was introduced to it in a very unconventional way, a very uh, unusual way, yet uh, it was exactly what was meant to happen, and it unfolded very naturally. And so over a period of uh, nine or ten years, I ended up uh, chronicling the events that took place in Maine uh, with these uh, two ascended masters who appeared to me in person and gave me all these teachings. 
And the book is about my life and also about their visits, what they said. It's about A Course in Miracles and also spirituality uh, in general. And, uh, you know, I like the topic of your show because uh, it certainly teaches that there is no death and that there's really no such thing as death. And I like what you say at the beginning of your show because you say, uh, you know, if we do not feel fear death, we would not fear life. And uh, there are some strong parallels to that. Uh, in A Course in Miracles, uh, you'll notice as you go along studying the Course that it teaches that the last two obstacles to peace are the fear of death and the fear of God. And uh, people don't know that they're afraid of God, that they have this unconscious fear uh, of God. You know, if they were aware of it, it wouldn't be unconscious, but it's hidden buried deep in the mind. And if they were not afraid of God, they would not be afraid of death either. So the two actually go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And what A Course in Miracles does, slowly but surely, is that it undoes the ego, which is really the thought of separation. It undoes the ego, undoes the idea of separation, slowly but surely undoes this unconscious guilt that is in the mind that can be traced all the way back to the original idea of being separate from God which engendered this uh, tremendous unconscious guilt. And people aren't even aware that they have it because it's buried in the mind. But uh, the Course actually accomplishes the job of healing the part of the mind that you can't see, you know, the unconscious part of the mind. Right. And uh, in doing so, it changes everything. And it undoes that fear of God that you didn't even know that you had. And the later stages of the Course actually involve an actual approach to God. So in undoing that fear of God, you are also undoing the fear of death because one goes with the other. If you uh, did not have fear of God, you wouldn't have fear of death either because uh, the fear of death is really just kind of like a a made-up imitation of your fear of God. Uh, And you can also say that death in this world is really... Uh, kind of like a reenactment of the separation from God. After all, you know, what seems to happen if somebody who you love uh, passes away? Well, they're separate. You know, you can't see them anymore. Right. You feel like you've lost them. And that's exactly what happened in our initial experience of separation from God. It's like we couldn't find them. We lost them. We were terrified. Uh, it was an awful feeling. And uh, death in this world is simply a reenactment of that. And as you go along with the Course and undo the ego, then eventually you come to experience more and more that there's no such thing as death and that you can never really uh, lose anybody any more than you could lose God. It wouldn't be possible. So the ultimate uh, truth in the Course, the principle of the atonement, is that the separation from God never occurred. Uh, It never happened because you're still there. Uh, as A Course in Miracles would put it, uh, you're at home in God, dreaming of exile, but perfectly capable of awakening to reality. So what's going on here uh, in what we call our life mm-hmm. is actually a dream of separation. Uh, we're having this dream that we separated from God, and it seems very real, but when you think of it, there's a parallel there, because when you're dreaming in bed at night, uh, for all intents and purposes, that dream is your reality. That's right. You know, I've, I've had dreams in bed at night that seem every bit as real as my so-called waking life. Yeah. And so real that when I woke up, I was actually surprised that it wasn't real mm-hmm. because it seemed so real. And that's what this life is like. Yes, it may seem very real, but that doesn't make it real. Uh, events in a dream may seem very real, but that doesn't make them true. And uh, what we're going to do eventually is we are going to awaken to reality, and reality is God. And the truth is, we never left heaven. We're still there. And that's why there's nothing to be guilty about, not really. Here we are uh, believing all this time that we uh, committed a terrible act. And this is unconscious, of course, but uh, we believe that we did this terrible thing separating from God, when the truth is we never did. We're still there. So the whole thing is erroneous, and all of this unconscious guilt is erroneous. But uh, we believe in the world because we've been tricked by a very clever ego into believing 
uh, in it. It's like, uh, you know, all the information, or at least certainly most of the information that we have about the world is given to us by the world and is given to us by the body. Right. And uh, the body is the ego's crowning achievement to make sure that the only information that we receive testifies to the reality of the whole thing. Because uh, there's something that we don't know about the ego. The ego likes this idea of separation. You know, the ego wants to keep it going. It feels important. It feels special uh, to have an individual identity, you know, personal existence that we can call our own. And the ego craves that. It craves specialness and it wants to keep the whole game going. And uh, fortunately for us, there is another voice in our mind aside from the ego. Uh And uh, being a, a function of duality, uh, this other voice speaks for the truth. It's been covered over by the ego, but it is still possible to uh, hear it. And the more you undo the ego, which is really uh, the approach of A Course in Miracles. At one point, the Course says that salvation is undoing. And that's a brilliant approach because it's kind of like there are two yous. There's the real you, which we'll call spirit for now. And uh, there's the ego, which is the false you. And the false you is based on the idea of separation. Then you have the real you, which is uh, represented in the mind by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is telling you a completely different story. The Holy Spirit is telling you, look, uh, there is a better way than this. This whole separation thing is stupid. Uh, It always leads to pain, eventually. It always leads to death, eventually. Even if you do have some good times, that's a function of duality. And eventually, uh, those good times are going to turn to crap because that's the nature of duality. You know, sooner or later, in a dream of death, there is always a dream of death. So uh, it may not be real, but it's real in people's experience. That's what's important because uh, that experience of the ego leads to suffering. And the experience of the Holy Spirit leads to peace and joy and ultimately liberation from the world and the cycle of birth and death and freedom from it, and eventually a total awakening into heaven, which is so far beyond the world and in, in its joy and in its beauty that it literally cannot even be put into words. Mm. So uh, there are two stark things uh, that are just totally the opposite of each other. And one world is led to by the Holy Spirit, and the other world, this world, uh, we have been led to by the ego. And the goal of the Course is to undo the ego, which is uh, really something, because if you could do that, if you could actually undo the false you, which is the ego, then eventually the real you would be all that's left. And uh, that's a brilliant approach, because you don't have to do anything about the real you. Uh, The real you is already perfect. You know, the real you is already exactly the same as God, and all that you have to do uh, by working with the Holy Spirit, is to undo the ego. Mm. And in doing so, that's really all that you have to do. So uh, ultimately, even though A Course in Miracles looks very complicated and uh-huh. scholarly and intellectual, and uh, you know it's got all this iambic pentameter and Shakespearean blank verse and Freudian psychology and you know half a million words. And <laughs> oh, it's huge. Book. Yes, it's a big book. I want to ask you a question, too. But ultimately, I just want to say uh, that within that framework, the Course itself says that it's simple because it is always asking us to choose between one of two things, and that's why it's simple. Right. What I wanted just to ask you, uh, Gary, is I, I'm somebody who went to Catholic school all my life. And so when I hear you bring up God and the Holy Spirit, I, I'm wondering if your sense of God is what we were taught through religion, or if there's another way you see God? You know what I'm asking? Sure. Uh, my sense of God is probably the opposite of religion, uh, because religion uses guilt uh, to make the religion successful. Right. And, uh, of course, everybody thinks they invented God. You know, the Catholics think <laughs> God, God, their version of God is the only version of God that there ever was. And, uh, you know, that version of God uh, you know, barely goes back 2,000 years. In fact, it, it wasn't even really uh, crystallized until the 1300s. Wow. And uh, 
Yeah, it's really not as old as they would like to have you think that it is. And, uh, you know, Jesus 2,000 years ago, if you read Disappearance, uh, you'll see that, uh, you know, there's a, a way of presenting God that does not involve guilt, that does not involve judgment. Uh, but A Course in Miracles does, and I believe that the Jesus of A Course in Miracles is teaching the same things that the real Jesus uh, taught 2,000 years ago. And what the Course uh, teaches is that God is love. Okay. But uh, I think that we need to get the implications of that, because if God was really love, and as both the Bible and the Course of Miracles say, uh, God is perfect love, then all that it would know how to do would be to love. You know, if it knew how to do something else, then it wouldn't really be perfect love, would it? It would, it would be something else. So what the Course is saying is what God is love, and God is perfect love, and all that God wants to do is to love you. Uh, all that God wants you to do is to come home, you know, so that God can love you. And uh, to me, one of the best representations of that idea is Jesus' uh, beautiful story of the prodigal son. Uh, you may recall that he got this, you know, son who uh, thought it would be a good idea to leave the father's house. You know, so he leaves, and it turns out to be kind of a bonehead move because, you know, all he finds is scarcity. Right. And uh, you can't have scarcity in perfect oneness, which is the way that the Course, and I believe Jesus represented uh, God, was you know, the awareness of perfect oneness. So in heaven, there wouldn't be any separation whatsoever uh, between you and God. And the royal son leaves the father's house, and in that story, all he finds is scarcity. And this is indeed a dream of scarcity. And uh, the prodigal son ends up feeding pigs for a living, and he gladly eat what he's uh, feeding to the pigs in this metaphorical story. But when he comes to himself, he realizes, look, uh, I just made one mistake. I left. And uh, that means there's only one solution. And that's to go home. But you also notice in that story that the prodigal son feels guilty. You know, mm -hmm. he thinks that he's sinned uh, before God. He says, you know, I've sinned before God. Uh, I'm no longer worthy to be called his son, but maybe if I go home, well, maybe he'd take me in as one of his hired servants. You know, maybe I could start at the bottom and maybe uh, work my way back into his good graces. But as uh, the prodigal son is going home in that story, what he doesn't realize is that God doesn't share any of those ideas about him. Uh, why? Because God is still perfect love. And all the perfect love cares about is love. So you got the prodigal son taking the first steps on, and then he's getting closer, and he, and uh, you know, he still feels guilty. But uh, the father sees him from a distance, and runs to him, and throws his arms around him, and embraces him, and said, "You know, this my son was lost, and now he's found. You know, he was dead, and now he's alive again." And they begin to make merry. You know, that's how Jesus ends that beautiful story. They begin mm -hmm. uh, to make merry. You know, it's like God likes to party. <laughs> uh, you know, all that God wants is for you to come home. And people have all these ideas, whether they be, well, certainly some of them are, are conscious and expressed in religion. And then you have the unconscious part, because the conscious part is just the tip of the iceberg. And, uh, you know, there's all this guilt and, and remorse and ideas of sin that have all been attached onto God, and what that is is what the Course would call projection. So we've actually made up a God in our image. You know, we have made up a God who has very human characteristics. You know, it's in the Bible, especially the Old Testament, he's kind of like mean, he's, you know, killing people, and he's getting even with oh, people. Yeah. He's plotting all this revenge. And, all that. Mm -hmm. and uh, I hate to say it, but those are very human characteristics. Right, right. And, uh, you know, that, that does not really have anything to do with the real God, who is still perfect love and, is, and does not change. The Course teaches uh, that what is true is eternal and does not uh, shift or change. And uh, that narrows it down quite a bit, because there isn't anything in this world that doesn't shift or change. And so uh, what the, the Course is saying is that the truth is a constant, that it does not waver. Uh, the truth was the truth 2,000 years ago, and the truth is still the truth today. 
And the truth will still be the truth 2,000 years from now, no matter what we try to do to it. It is uh, unalterable. It is absolute. And it is the way that it is, whether you understand and agree with it or not. And, uh, you know, some people don't like that idea because they want to find their truth. But their truth uh, is kind of like designed by the ego to keep them here. Because as long as you keep looking for the truth, you haven't found it. And, uh, you know, there are many people who will say, well, you know, you can't find the truth. And if anybody says they found the truth, uh, don't listen to them. But that's a pretty clever trick of the ego to keep you looking forever. And uh, so that you'll never find the truth. Gary, I have a quick story for you. Uh, It just relates to the ego. Uh, Sorry to interrupt you, but I just think it's important. The way I found out about you is I was having lunch with a friend of mine. Her name is Roberta Grimes. She's written several books. She's uh, into life after death. She's got a book called Liberating Jesus. She's an attorney who uh, was started telling me about A Course in Miracles because she said, Sandra, you're so tough on yourself. She says, you know, there's a way to disappear the ego and not be so afraid and to disappear fear. And I looked at her with this like blank stare, like, what are you talking about? I mean, I, as much good as I do in the world and as positive as I am, you know, inside myself and I'm sure people listening as well, we've got that negative voice. And I think that's what you're talking about uh, with the ego that feels so separate. So she was the one that referred me to you and A Course in Miracles and had me download the book because I thought if there's any possibility of having some freedom from this inner critic, from this ego that wants to call me separate it just was like I have to listen and in turn listening to you and if you wouldn't mind describing a little bit about when you talk about life um, is a dream because I know we all have different people in our lives and some of them that cause us a lot of pain and I know you speak of um, that like we created this dream right am I getting that right sure yeah that's true by the way uh you know, people will ask me if I believe in uh, life after death, and I tell them, you know, I'm still trying to confirm that there's life before death. <laughs> That's so, great, yes. So, exactly. But, uh, Thank you. <laughs> actually, the Course would say that this is not life, that uh, the only real life is heaven, mm-hmm. and, and that uh, your life with God is your real life, and that this is kind of like a phony life. It's okay. uh, an illusion. And the idea that the world is an illusion is a very old idea. But uh, I think that A Course Miracles does an excellent job of refining that idea into the idea that this is a dream that you will awaken from. And it's actually that awakening that is enlightenment. It's uh, what Buddha was talking about when he said, I am awake. Uh, He didn't mean that he was more awake in the dream, Mm -hmm. which is what passes for enlightenment with a lot of people. I'm I'm very aware and and I know what's going on and I... you know, my my skills and my intuition are very attuned and I can manifest things and I can get what I want uh, in the dream. And people think that that's very valuable. And what the Course would say is, well, no, uh, one thing in the dream is not more valuable than another thing because none of them are true. And the only thing that is valuable is real life, which is your life with God. So uh, I kind of like give people a disclaimer and a, kind of like a caveat and a warning all wrapped into one before they get into A Course in Miracles. And that is that this is not for everybody because A Course in Miracles is extremely radical. You know, it is saying that uh, only the truth is true. The truth is God and nothing else is true, period. And uh, that's what you call non-duality because it's saying that of the two seeming worlds, uh, the world of God and the world of man, that only the world of God is true, period. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't like the Course because uh, it sounds too absolute. It's like the Course is saying, look, it's, it's uh, the truth and that's the way it is. And if you don't like it, well, too bad. And, you know, some people don't like that idea. Right. And uh, part of the reason for that is because uh, we claim to uh, the idea of personal identity and uh, the idea that this is us. And you could say that the ego has kind of like sucked us into believing that this is us. And the crowning achievement of that is for us to believe that we are bodies. Right. And uh, because of that, our identity is wrapped up in this personal psyche and this personal body that I call Gary and you call Sandra. Mm -hmm. And we have all this stuff going on. And we think it's very important. 
And, uh, you know, of course it's important if I get what I want. You know, of course it's important that I be successful and that I, you know, have the experiences that I want to have. And here's, of course, Michael saying, well, you know, actually, uh, it's not important. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. And uh, there's one thing that does matter, and that is love. And if what you do is coming from a place of love, that's fine. And if it's not coming from a place of love, then it's not fine, not because it's a sin, but simply because it will keep you stuck here. Because the way of undoing defaults you, which is the ego, is through a certain kind of forgiveness. And that kind of forgiveness is born of the Holy Spirit. It, it's a kind of forgiveness that is based on a thought system of love, where the ego's uh, ideas and thought system are based on fear. So right away you have two complete and mutually exclusive thought systems. And your real power, of course, we teach, because everybody wants to you know, have uh, free will and everybody uh, wants to you know, have a certain amount of power. And what the Course is saying is, well, you know, there's really only one real power that you have here, and that's the power to choose. You know, at one point the Course says that, uh, you know, the power of decision is your one remaining power as a prisoner of this world. You can decide to see it right. In other words, you can decide to interpret the dream and what you're seeing with the Holy Spirit instead of the ego. And that's where your real power is because it undoes the ego and leads you home to God. And it really is uh, better to go home. And it really is better to be spirit than it is to be a body. And, you know, it really is, uh, you know, better to have that kind of a life. And there's an irony here. I, th I think it's a delicious irony because the irony is you can still have your life. <laughs> you know, nobody is uh, holding a gun to your head and saying, oh, you got to give something up. No. Uh, uh -uh. If you think that you have to give something up, then that's making it just as real to your mind as if you want it. So uh, the irony is that you don't have to give up your life. You can still have the things that you want. Uh, you know, you can still have your money and possessions and goals and dreams and relationships and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, the difference with The Course in Miracles now is that you're looking at it differently. That's all. Uh, the Course doesn't ask you to change anything. It says seek not to change the world. Uh, seek rather to change your mind about the world. And when you do that, Sandra, you're actually switching to the cause instead of the effect. Uh, the Course says this is a course in cause and not effect. And the cause is mind. And what you're seeing is just an effect. It's actually a projection that is coming from the mind. And so when I say that you did it, that you made up the dream, well, that is literally true. Uh, what you're seeing is based on the idea of separation. You'll notice that everything that you see from the moment that you're born to the moment that you appear to die, everything is separate. Everything has a border or a limit to it. Yes. Uh, you know, there, there's a beginning and an ending. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there, there's some kind of a shape or a form to it. Even an idea has a form. Mm -hmm. and, and you can't get away from it. It's like separation everywhere. And it, it's so prevalent that you don't even think about it. You just take it for granted and accept it as being true. And here's the Course specifically saying that what you were saying is not true. And it really goes all the way with that. At one point it says, you know, what if you realized this world is a hallucination? You know, what if you really understood that you made it up? You know, what if you recognized that all the people who appear to walk about in it and attack and murder and destroy themselves are completely unreal? I mean, you know, that's some pretty radical stuff. Oh, mega. However, empowering in the fact that I'm, I'm somebody, you know, we talk about this often on the show, that if we can look at our life like we're the creator of it, we're responsible for it, it takes us out of the victim mode. If we can look at the relationships we have or something that's going wrong, and instead of the ego chiming in and making the other person wrong, as it maybe, hopefully, this is what you're saying. I'm not sure, but hey, I created it this way, right? Yes, and uh, he actually created this way by choosing the ego instead of the Holy Spirit at that instant, uh, you know, separation. So, uh, you know, I don't want uh, you know people to think that they're guilty for uh, you know all this crazy stuff that we see in the world because mm. you know 
if you haven't noticed, uh, this world is screwed. And, uh, <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I don't want people to feel guilty, or, like thinking, oh, I, because some people think, oh, I made this terrible thing, or look at this violent right. uh, world that I made. Well, you know, you're not making it right now. Uh, you already did. You know, that, that whole script, as the Course teaches, was established right at the beginning. Everything that was ever going to happen was already uh, determined. Uh, according to the Course, it's already over, but that's, you know, something that you have to awaken to in order to realize. And, uh, you know, you're not creating bad things in your life now. If you get sick, uh, it's not because of the bad thoughts that you were having in this lifetime. It's because of the thought of separation itself that you chose at the beginning when you chose the ego instead of the Holy Spirit. And there is a way out. Okay. And the way out is, as the Course puts it, choose once again, which is, you know, this time looking at things, choose with the Holy Spirit instead of the ego. And that's how you undo the idea of separation. And uh, the great tool that the Course offers in order to accomplish that is the Course's own unique brand of forgiveness. But I think it's important to emphasize that this is not uh, the kind of forgiveness where you forgive somebody because they really did it. You know, <laughs> right, uh, I know that kind like, of forgiveness. Like the Course says, uh, and I'm glad you brought up the idea of not being a victim, because the Course specifically says, I'm not a victim of the world that I see. And uh, the reason that you're not a victim is because you asked for it, uh, and, you know, and grant you it's a world of duality, and this is confusing to people, because there does appear to be good stuff, too. You know, there does appear to be beauty uh, in the world. The only problem with duality is that for every beauty, you have a corresponding ugliness. You know, for every healthy body, you have a sick body. Hmm. You know, for, for all the wonderful art, uh, you have something that isn't very pretty, and you have this uh, conflict and violence and horror uh, in the world that does not exist in perfect oneness, because in perfect oneness... Uh, there is no conflict. Uh, everything that we're seeing out there in the world, of course, teaches it's an outer picture of an inward condition. And as long as you have conflict in the mind, you will have conflict in the world. You will have wars. You will have all this chaos. But uh, the time will come in the distant future. I'm not saying the near future. Mm -hmm. But in the distant future, the time is going to come when enough people have achieved inner peace. Uh, my teacher in the uh, disappearance uh, person said that the people of the world will never live in peace until the people of the world have inner peace. And I think that's something that the Buddhists get right and that Gandhi got right. He said, uh, you know, you must be the change that you wish to see in the world. If you want peace in the world, well, be peace. And uh, bring the mind to a condition of peace. And when enough people do that, well, you couldn't not have world peace because of that fact that what we're seeing out there is simply an outer picture of what exists within the mind. So the uh, purpose of the Course ultimately is to awaken you. But I think that a uh, condition of the Course that you can reach you know, fairly quickly is that you can be more peaceful. And that could happen... Uh, even in a month of doing A Course in Miracles, you could begin uh, to be more peaceful. And I think it's brilliant that the people who published uh, the Course call themselves the Foundation for Inner Peace, because mm -hmm. uh, that's very much what the Course is about. And uh, as you go along, uh, you start to experience life differently, more peacefully. And it actually changes everything, because when you work with the Holy Spirit, that's really what the workbook of A Course in Miracles uh, get you into the habit of doing, choosing the Holy Spirit, working with the Holy Spirit, uh, listening to the Holy Spirit's interpretation of what you're seeing. As you do that, uh, your experience of life uh, will change. You know, it couldn't help but change. It, change is not the goal of the Course, but I look on it as kind of like a fringe benefit. One of yeah. the reasons I bought the book is I read a couple of uh, testimonials, and I don't even know where I read these, but people said that even though they didn't understand some of the lingo in the course because some of it to me, even some of the things you've said kind of sail right over my head and I'm trying to hang on, you know, but in the course I've, I've read it I'm like, what, what is this? But they've gotten the impact of the course and the piece, even if they haven't understood it completely. Is that right in saying that, that there's. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you'll see as you go along with the course over the years, because 
this is more of a long-term spiritual path. This well, isn't I think it's a lifetime spiritual path yes, by the uh, size of it. <laughs> no, I and, know there's uh, a- you know, there's nothing uh, more annoying to a course miracle student than to realize that uh, hey, I want to be doing this for a while. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, it's worth it because what you're doing, and you realize this, and you go along and have these good experiences. You realize that as you undo the ego, you see more clearly. So uh, what happens is uh, you'll keep getting the course on deeper and deeper levels as you undo the ego. Uh, you'll read a paragraph in the course uh, two years from now that you know that you've read before, mm-hmm. but it's like you never saw it. <laughs> and uh, then you, you read it two years from now and you get it and you say, wow, you know, I read that before, but I never really understood mm-hmm. I never really understood it like this, you know, and that's because uh, the words haven't changed, but you have, right. you know, you're, you're changing and you're seeing those words from a different place. You know, you, you're seeing those words from a position of where your ego has been undone some. And so you're seeing things on a deeper level. And now you're seeing things more with the Holy Spirit. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's the same movie, so to speak. You know, you could also think of, you know, life as being kind of like a movie mm-hmm. and, uh, the movie's already been filmed, by the way, so good luck changing it. But uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, you're watching the movie. Now, it's the same movie, but now it's like you're listening to a different interpretation of the movie. It's like you're in a movie theater, and you got the Holy Spirit sitting on one side of you, and you got the ego sitting on the other side of you. And the Holy Spirit is saying, well, you know, there really is a better way, and if you forgive this person, are uh, you going to feel better, and you're going to be more peaceful, and your mind is being healed uh, and unconscious guilt is actually being removed uh, from your mind by me as we go along, and you're able to hear me better. And uh, because of that, you're more open to my guidance, and I can guide you to uh, you know inspired ideas, which are kind of like a byproduct of being in spirit. In fact, uh, the word inspired uh, comes from the words uh, in spirit. So it's like the more in spirit you are, you can have these genius ideas that never would even been able to come to you if you weren't undoing the ego and undoing all that interference uh, to hearing the Holy Spirit's voice. And then on the other side of you in the movie theater, you got the ego and the ego saying the same old tune, which is, uh, you know, you can't forgive this bastard. I mean, yeah, they don't deserve it. And look at, they really did it. And and, uh, that's why I started to say when it comes to the kind of forgiveness that the Course is talking about, uh, we do not forgive people because they really did something. Right. If you forgive people, because they really did it, then what you're doing literally is making it real. And uh, that's the Course's uh, you know, way of saying the ego's mistake. Uh, the ego's mistake is that uh, we give truth to our illusions. And what the Course is asking us to do is instead give our illusions to the truth. You know, Turn our illusions over to the Holy Spirit and say, how would you have me look at this? How would you have me uh, interpret this and feel about this? And the answer is always forgiveness. And forgiveness leads to love automatically because that's what you are. Uh, you don't have to you know, strive to be love. You already are. All mm-hmm. that you have to do is undo the uh, prevention to experiencing that perfection that you really are. So uh, that's why the focus of the Course is on undoing the ego through forgiveness. And uh, I think the Course is pretty brilliant at, at saying it uh, a thousand different ways. Yeah, it's amazing. It just blows my mind the way the Course can say the same thing over and over again. Uh, you know, and never say it the same way twice. Mm-hmm. And, and always you, beautifully. And I think being a lifetime student or however you want to look at it, it, it gives you a daily reminder of who you are. And when you're talking about forgiveness, we're talking about self-forgiveness here too because we can often be really hard on ourselves. Right? Absolutely. And, and uh I would say that you are one of the ones that you need to forgive, mm-hmm. and everybody is. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, self-forgiveness uh, is possible because it's really the same dynamic. It, it's just uh, as easy to forgive yourself as it is to forgive others uh, if you practice. But uh, that's kind of like the bottom line. When it comes to doing Course Miracles, uh, it's not a religion. It's not something that you have to believe in. It's not something that you have to proselytize for. I mean, you don't even have to tell anybody you're doing it if you don't want to, because mm-hmm. uh, the whole course is done at the level of the mind. It's not something where you're going to go out and you know stand on a soapbox and you know tell everybody this is the way. Uh, 
Right. Uh, this is something that is done in the mind. Uh, I have Catholic friends who do the course when they're at mass. You know, it's like uh, you don't you don't have to uh, you know tell people what you're thinking if you don't choose to. Right. And uh, at the same time, your thoughts are going everywhere because every mind is joined. Uh, because ultimately there is only one mind, because ultimately there's only one of us. Uh, it's kind of like what the Hindus would describe as the world of multiplicity. You've got the one uh, appearing as many. You know, so we look out there and we see 7 billion people. Well, the truth is uh, there's only one of us appearing as 7 billion people. And uh, we can undo that idea of separation and kind of like in our mind put Humpty Dumpty back together again and uh, you know, start to move more toward that state of oneness that we really are. And as you do that, uh, you start to kind of like let go of that bodily identification. And uh, the miracle in the Course of Miracles is actually that certain kind of forgiveness that I'm talking about. And Raytheon's first uh, 50 Miracles Principles, the Course says that the miracle uh, works because it uh, reestablishes spirit identification instead of bodily identification. So uh, as you go along, you're actually letting go of this identity of being a body and kind of like reawakening to the idea of what you really are, which is this perfect spirit. But when I use the word spirit, you know, I'm not talking about uh, anything that is separate from anything else. Uh, the way the Course would use the word spirit would be the idea of perfect oneness. So you are one with God and one with all of creation, and anything else that you see is kind of like a, a veil, kind of like a thin veil in front of the truth. And your job through forgiveness is to kind of like overlook the veil, overlook the body, mm -hmm. and think of that person as being what they really are and where they really are. And what they really are is this perfect spirit that is exactly the same as God. And uh, you know, I love this idea from the Course. The Course says, that everywhere the Holy Spirit looks, he sees himself. You know, the Holy Spirit sees spirit everywhere, sees innocence everywhere. And if you want to return to the state of spirit, then you want to think the way that the Holy Spirit thinks. So what you want to do is you want to kind of like uh, overlook the body when you're forgiving someone. And you're going to forgive them not because they really did what it just looks like they did. Mm -hmm. You're forgiving them because they haven't really done anything because they're not really there because you're the one who made them up in the first place. And when you do that, it kind of like turns the tables on the ego. If you're forgiving them because they really did it, that's making the whole thing real, which is making the ego's idea of separation real. But if you're forgiving them because they haven't really done anything because the separation never occurred, and what we really are is this perfect spirit that is still at home with God, then when you think that way, you're not only kind of like releasing them, but because of the way that the mind works, you're actually releasing yourself. Uh, you know, I realize I'm trying to give you all of the Course of Miracles in a half an hour here. But That's beautiful. Like, I'm going to have to replay it over and over. <laughs> it's like uh, the reason that that's true is because what we're seeing is a projection that is coming from us. And the things that we don't like in that projection, uh, the things that we don't uh, like about other people, are what the Course would call the secret sins and hidden hates that we actually have about ourselves, mm. that we have chosen to see as being outside of ourselves. So, you know, if you look around the room that you're in, you know, you see all these separate objects. Well, try to realize that, as the Course says, ideas leave not their source. So it looks like the idea of separation has left your mind, but the truth is it hasn't. The idea is still in your mind, and all that you're seeing is a projection of that idea. You know, you're seeing a projection of that idea that is separation that is still in your mind. And the way to undo it is not by fooling around with the objects that you see in the room. The way to undo it is to change that idea that is in the mind. That's why the Course says this is a Course in cause and not effect. And cause is mind, and you change your mind. And by changing it to the idea of oneness and wholeness instead of the idea of separation, it's your experience that starts to change because even though it may look like you're forgiving other people, it's always really you that you're forgiving. Uh, you know, one of my favorite uh, lines in the Course, it asks you a question. It says, uh, to you, to whom God says, release my son, uh, can you be tempted to not listen when you learn it is your own release for whom he asks? 
So you're actually releasing yourself. You're actually forgiving yourself. It just looks at first like you're forgiving other right. people. I'm thinking but, of a on-the-court example. Like if there's somebody in my life, say my brother, just picking somebody, that maybe I'm having a relationship problem with. So it's so easy to make him wrong. I can't stand this about him. Rah, 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 rah. Like that's all ego. But to really practice forgiveness, this is a dream. I created the dream. My brother is a perfect part of the spirit, or he is spirit. He is God, right? Look in the mirror. I am too. I created this. You know, I'm, I'm assuming there's always a learning experience. There's forgiveness. But what it does in that instant, Gary, that I'm even just picturing this relationship, is it, it dissolves the ego from trying to make him wrong, make me right, like it does that in an instant. And I think it's because of this that you're talking about forgiveness that um, I've really been trying this on and practicing it since I've listened to your audiobooks. And, you know, it's so easy that my ego really wants to kick in and make people wrong all the time. But sure. why I've been experiencing so much peace is because if I look at somebody as divine and then I have to have that mirror back on me as divine – um, like forgiveness shows up in a second. And I think that's where the peace is coming in instead of me stewing and being stressed out. And, and it, it's a, it's, it's really been great. I know there's much more to do, but that would be a good on the court example, correct? Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I'll give the uh, people kind of like the one minute version of uh, forgiveness. Okay. And, uh, that is, you're going to, uh, kind of like, as you, especially as you do the work with the course, because, uh, you know, the Course says something pretty provocative. It says that an untrained mind can accomplish nothing. And uh, that's a pretty provocative statement because it's really saying that, you know, most of the people out there who are into spirituality aren't really accomplishing anything because they're not really having their mind trained. They're not having a, a thought system, a discipline that the mind can stick to. And until you have that, uh, the ego mind is kind of like a wild animal. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll, it'll run and it'll judge. And the ego craves judgment because it makes the whole thing real, and the ego wants it to be real. So part of forgiveness is, uh, especially the first step, is kind of like catch yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, when you catch yourself thinking that about your brother, or you're out on the freeway and somebody cuts you off in traffic. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you, right there you got a choice. <laughs> right. You know, you can respond with the ego, and you can give the guy the finger, and mm-hmm. you can, uh, you know, say all kinds of curse words, and hopefully he doesn't have a gun. You know, and that's right. uh, that's the ego's response, uh, in which case you may end up dead. And then there's the uh, Holy Spirit's response. But in order to think with the Holy Spirit, you have to catch yourself and stop yourself from thinking with the ego. You you gotta you know catch yourself, and this includes your feelings too, because people are you know like more likely to act out of their feelings than anything, mm-hmm. and they don't understand that the reason that they're having those feelings is because of the thoughts that they've been having for a very long time. You know, so it's uh, the thoughts that come first and the feelings follow. So either way, whether you catch yourself uh, feeling uncomfortable or thinking uh, judgmental thoughts with the ego, you've really got to catch yourself and stop it. That's really the first step in forgiveness. If you do that, if you can stop yourself, notice it and stop yourself from thinking with the ego, uh, then you can take the second step. And the second step is simply that you switch. You know, you switch to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has a totally different thought system, a totally different way of looking at things. Look, uh, you're going to feel better. You're the one who's going to get the benefits if you do this forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You're the one who's going to feel better, think more clearly, uh, be healthier, uh, maybe feel younger. You know, I started doing the course uh, 23 years ago. I really uh, don't feel one day older today than I did 23 years ago. Oh, that's great. I started doing this, and it's like you're the one who is going to get the benefits of doing this so be good to yourself and think with the holy spirit and you'll be more peaceful right away and that's what the course we call the holy instant that instant when you choose to think with the holy spirit instead of the ego and if you can do that you're doing a course of miracles if you're not doing forgiveness then all the theory in the world and all the ideas in the world aren't going to do you any good it's only in the practice of it it's only in the application of the course that you make real spiritual progress and I'm talking about uh, saving light years in your spiritual experience if you actually do it 
And uh, then the third step is simply to think, uh, you know, with uh, what the Course would call spiritual sight or vision, which is that, uh, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, you overlook the body. And you think of that person as being what they really are and where they really are, which is this perfect spirit. And the more that you think about them uh, that way, the more you will experience yourself that way. As the Course says, and this is a very important law of the mind that the Course articulates, it says, as you see him, you will see yourself. Mm. And uh, it must be pretty important because then the Course says, never forget this. You know, in that person, you'll either find yourself or lose yourself. So, you have a choice now. You know, you can, you know, clog along with the ego. And that's not a sin or anything. The only result is going to be that you stay here longer. You know, that you stay stuck in this, uh, you know, uh, world of separation uh, longer. But I think that part of what the Course is also saying is that everyone is going to wake up eventually. We are all going to the same place. Uh, we're all going home. We're all going to awaken in God to this awareness of perfect oneness. Uh, nobody's going to be left out because nobody ever really left. And everything that appeared to happen in between was just a dream. And dreams don't really happen. And that's why they're innocent. And that's also why you're innocent. So it's good news that they're innocent because it means that you're innocent. And uh, that's actually a really great experience, is mm. to get in touch with your own innocence. Yeah. Can I ask you just about fear? I know that stems from the ego, too. But is there hope in practicing A Course in Miracles that there's some freedom from fear? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, fear, I, I can't help but remember uh, the first time I tried to go out and speak in front of a crowd of people. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, you're talking about fear. God. I mean, oh, I, it's I brutal. Think I could, I didn't think I could make my legs move. Oh. You know, I, I didn't think that uh, I'd be able to do it. I, I got out there and all I saw was all these eyeballs mm -hmm. you know, staring at me. And it was terrible. And uh, fortunately for me, I have a good memory. And uh, I, I remembered the Holy Spirit. And I remembered the Course of Miracles. And, and I, I spoke these words that appear fairly early in the Course. Uh, it says, uh, I am here only to be truly helpful. You know, I am here to represent him who sent me. Mm -hmm. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. You know, I am content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me. I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. And uh, I said those words and it brought about a different experience because now I was with the Holy Spirit. You know, the ego was telling me, oh, look at all these people out there. They're all those eyeballs. They're real, and they're really looking at you. Mm -hmm. And here's the ego telling you all this crap. And then the Holy Spirit has a totally, once again, totally different story about what's going on. It's yeah. funny, Gary, because before I got on the interview with you, I was so... I don't know, know if the word's afraid, but a little intimidated. I'm like, my God, there's Gary Renard I'm going to be talking about. Well, how, can, how can I talk to him? Who am I to talk to him? And I'm just laughing now because that's exactly what I was going through. And then once we started talking, I'm like, just trust. The right words that come out of your mouth. He'll do most of the talking. Trust, trust. But it's so funny because I'm just, everything you're just saying is just exactly what I went through right before I dialed you. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's, uh, you know, kind of a universal uh, experience. And we all have that, you know. Sure. Uh, I'm here in Hollywood trying to get my books made into a TV series. And, uh, awesome. And I, I meet famous people, uh, people who are very, very uh, well-known. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to fall into that, you know, getting intimidated by these people. But if you ever have a chance to observe these people in private, then you realize pretty quickly that they're just people. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, Exactly. Yeah, they're not really that head and shoulders above everybody. Right. Else. They're just really actually normal people. They get all the same problems. Same fears, all, same ego. <laughs> all the same worries, all the same concerns. And, uh, you know, we're all uh, just uh, here to, you know, kind of like learn our way back home and apply our way back home. And if uh, people are lucky enough to be on a spiritual path, uh, then they really are lucky because what that does is it uh, can give you a better experience of life while you appear to be here. And then on top of that, uh, you, you can still have your life. 
So you talk about a win-win situation. You're not, you're not really being asked to give up anything. Just look at it differently. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, as you go along, you get to awaken in God. You know, so you, you, know, you talk about a win-win-win thing. Uh, I, I really, you know, tell people, look, if you're on a spiritual path, be grateful. Because I meet people who aren't on a spiritual path. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of unhappiness and depression and, and, uh, you know, it's not a pretty picture. So, uh, if, even if your spiritual path isn't a course of miracles, uh, you're better off. And probably my main reason for recommending the course, aside from my personal experience of it, is that I really believe that it saves time. I really believe that it cuts to the chase. And, uh, you know, as the course itself says, uh, the miracle, which is forgiveness, you know, if it's, uh, really practiced by you, uh, it can save thousands of years in your spiritual experience. It says the miracle can substitute for learning that may have taken thousands of years. Obviously, uh, talking about saving countless lifetimes uh, in your spiritual experience. So, you know, I, I tell people, oh, by the way, you know, if you want to save yourself a hell of a lot of time, well, maybe you should check out the course, see if it's for you. Mm, I like it. And I, you know, one of my beliefs is that life is an education for the soul. That's how I choose to look at it. And to embrace this, you get a whole heck of educate, heck of a lot of education and less stress and joy. And it's like you're fast forwarding your journey, you know, by really embracing the principles. Uh, Gary, our time's gone by really fast, so I don't want to forget to ask if there's anything you're up to or any way we can support you or share you or your latest book or your website. I want to know about that. Um, just any anything you want to share that we can uh, find you at or whatever well, sure, I'm trying sure. to ask you um, there. Yeah, if anybody, more of a part uh, of you. If anybody would like to uh, come and hear me present a workshop, uh, which I often do with Cindy, uh, then just go to my website, uh, GaryRenard.com, G-A-R-Y-R-E-N-A-R-D.com, and go to the appearances page. Uh, you know, they can always find out where I'm speaking. Uh, there's all kinds of information there about my books. Uh, there's the Disappearance of the Universe trilogy, and uh, also, practically as we speak here, I'm working on my fourth book, and uh, that will be out in about a year, so, uh, you know, maybe in a year or so I can come back and do another show with you and talk about that book. Absolutely. And uh, and that's uh, pretty much it, except I am working hard on developing uh, this TV series. You know, I think that probably this year uh, I'll know a lot more about whether or not it's going to happen sooner or later. I think it's going to happen. But I think that, uh, you know, the way things are going right now, it could happen fairly soon. But, uh, you know, that's uh, not a declaration on my part. I'll announce it if it's actually happening. But it's exciting, and it's fun to to have interesting work. And the way I see it, you know, you work hard, and uh, if it works, great. And, uh, you know, if it doesn't work, uh, then that's a forgiveness opportunity. You know, like for all I knew, when I was doing Disappearance of the Universe, the book, over that period of nine, ten years, uh, I didn't have any guarantee that that book would ever be published. Right. You know, I didn't know if anybody would ever read it. Uh, I did it just because I really wanted to. And, uh, you know, for all I know, it could have ended up uh, sitting on a bookshelf in Maine for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, do what you feel guided to do by the Holy Spirit. And uh, remember that the Course always asks you a very important question. What is it for? Uh, if things don't go your way, if they don't go the way that you want them to, which is an ego special, because the ego wants you to be disappointed, <laughs> because then that's you. You know, if you're upset, well, you must be a body, and that must be you. Right. Or else you wouldn't be upset. And you must be making it real, or else you wouldn't be upset. So uh, remember what it's for. If things don't go your way, remember that that is a forgiveness lesson. And if you learn that lesson, then you're really doing A Course in Miracles, and you will get uh, just tremendous benefits and uh, all of the good things that the Course has to offer. So, uh, yeah, if anybody wants to uh, go to GaryAndArn.com, come here and speak, uh, kind of pay attention uh, to what I'm doing. And uh, there are uh, a lot of podcasts that you can go to if you go to the podcast link. Uh, I've recorded something like 55 of those with my buddy uh, Gene Bogart. Uh, we haven't been doing them as much lately because uh, Gene has health uh, 
you know, challenges mm-hmm. right now. But uh, at the same time, you can listen to all 55 of them, so that'll keep you busy for a while. Yeah, Gary, yeah. thank you. I mean, it's just, you've heard the, heard the expression, if you can just make a difference in one life. And I know something will come about with the TV show. I know you've been in lots of documentaries. I know just when I type your name into <laughs> the uh, Google search, there's so many um, interviews you've been on, your podcast. I mean, so, so, so much. And just as one of the people that got involved in listening to you i just want to thank you for just um you know truthfully i haven't read too many pages of the course in miracles however the words that you share on what i've listened to have brought me so much peace and given me a a new way to look at my life and really really empowering so i want to thank you well thank you uh sandra and uh congratulations on your book and i know you have uh, your audio book will be coming out soon and mm-hmm. And your podcast and everything, uh, you know, keep up the good work. Thanks. And for our listener, thank you for taking the time to be on this journey with us and listening to Gary Renard and myself, wherever you are right now. Uh, Gary's episode is episode number 82 on we don't die radio.com so i will have there or i do have there all the links to his books and his website and what he's up to so that's an easy place to find it all and in closing my name is sandra champlain i've been your host on we don't die radio and i do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important thanks again for listening and we'll see you soon